Has anyone else experienced that annoying little moment when you leave a store without buying anything and you think to yourself, I, I didn't steal anything. Act natural. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. You're listening to Laugh Again with Phil Calloway. They say that if you line up all the books in Barnes and Nobles end to end, you're going to be kicked out of the store. My oldest son's favorite book series by a country mile is Lord of the Rings. He read all three of the thick tomes by the time he was 10. By his 15th birthday, he had read them three times and was on his fourth. Crazy, I thought. He read them between playing basketball and ice hockey and table tennis. He read them when he should have been studying. He read them when he should have been snoring. And when I told him they were making movies about them, well, have you ever peeled a kid off the ceiling? It's not easy, but it's fun. Shortly after we attended the first movie together, Stephen turned 16. It's that time in life when dads and sons have whispered conversations about life and love and being all grown up. One night I spoke to him of the importance of reaching this milestone, how, like his favorite hobbit Frodo, he would be faced with great temptations and opportunities as he journeyed through the darkness of earth. I said, I have a small gift for you as a covenant between us that you will walk the way Frodo walked, choosing to do the right thing, though it cost him everything. I talked of putting God first, of faith, of purity. He nodded his approval. And so we convened for a family ceremony. The children gathered wide-eyed as I opened a wooden box. Inside was a big fat cigar. No, no, I'm kidding. Inside was a genuine replica of the ring. A rather expensive one, I might add. White silver, complete with elvish engravings. I read a short verse of scripture, so honor the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. That's Joshua 24, 14. Then I said, for 16 years, that's been our prayer for you, Stephen, that you would honor God and serve him. We prayed together then, committing him and his future to God. Then I took the ring, hung it from a gold chain, placed it around his neck, and kissed his forehead before he squirmed away. There the ring stayed, until the night Stephen arrived home from school, carrying small pieces of the chain. It had busted. The ring was gonzo. We knew not where. We searched everywhere, along sidewalks and hallways, through classrooms and cars. Nothing. It was permanently gone. I just knew it. Hanging about someone else's neck, adorning another's jewelry case. So Stephen began to pray. His younger sister and brother joined him too. At supper time, they prayed that we would find the ring. At breakfast, they prayed believing. I hated to doubt, but I'm a grown-up. It's what we do best. Months passed. Winter came and went. The dazzling white snow that covered the field through which my son sometimes trudged to school began to melt. And one evening, I noticed a particularly wide grin stretching across his face. The boy had been walking home from school when a glint of reflected sunlight caught his eye. He held his hand out and opened it. I couldn't believe my eyes. The ring. White silver with elvish engravings and some gold in there, too. Good as new. Oh, me of little faith. Do you know what my prayer had been all this time? I'm ashamed to tell you. It had been that he wouldn't be too disappointed when his prayers weren't answered. Here I was, praying that his hopes wouldn't be dashed. Here he was, asking God to do the impossible, something he has delighted in doing since the dawn of time. If you've been praying a long time without seeing results, don't give up, okay? Steve will tell you that good things come to those who persevere. And each time he looks at that ring, I hope it reminds him to honor God and serve him wholeheartedly. I hope it reminds him that those who seek find, that those who ask receive, to never stop believing in the God of the impossible.